Amid her romance with Pete Davidson, Kate Beckinsale ends up deleting her Instagram account. Meanwhile, the photo of a mother and daughter who are pilots, a team pilots, goes viral, and that goes for very good reasons. And Australia is, quote, absolutely considering jail time for tech execs who can't scrub hate off their platforms, literally putting them in the role of being responsible for their own actions or the actions of the others on their platforms. We'll see how those will go, and we'll see more about those stories in a moment, but not quite yet. These stories, while great, not quite top 10 material, not top, the top of the tops, the best material that you said we should talk about first this week in the top 10. So what stories are in the top 10? We'll get to those in mere moments on the wrap up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is our show for the week ending March the 30th, 2019. And welcome to the show. As previously stated, this is the wrap-up show from ThisIsConversation.com, and I am Jay Cleveland Payne. I am the guy behind, well, there's a lot of folks working this thing in the back of the scenes, but I'm the guy in the face who takes most of the credit for the things behind what goes on at This Is The Conversation and for the podcast here. Now, how does this whole thing work? Why are we here today? The purpose of This Is A Conversation is to make sure we are having great conversations with great people around the world. This is literally a worldwide-focused podcast on the news and doesn't focus so much directly on what's on the chirons for the breaking news that isn't breaking all week long. We do our best to put in stories that are sometimes extremely serious, sometimes super silly, but stories that may not get all the love and attention that they probably would have gotten on the main news. But we get a chance to talk to them, talk about them here in this this realm here. And we talk about them by you telling me what you think about them. I post links to various websites of various various distinction, about one every 50 minutes. So every hour or so, you get a brand new link to a new story. And if you like it, if you hate it, if you love it, just like it, love it, hate it, do whatever you want to do, engage with it. Also reply and comment as well. The more comments and more replies, the more engagement a story gets on Facebook and Twitter, the higher score goes up. And at the end of the week, we put them all in one spreadsheet that evens things out. And we tell you what stories are the top 10 for the week. I'll also tell you the story that's the very bottom of the week as well. That one we call the almost relevant story of the week. This week we go back to a trend of it being a story, a later story in the week, but not enough, not enough attention, not enough attention to get traction. And that story is listed as story number two hundred six this week. Two hundred six distinct different posts on the week. We'll also talk about why things may have happened in the countdown as well. That all comes in the second segment of the show. Segment number three is where we call rounding out the top 15, and we literally do that. We go from 11 to 15, stories barely out of the rankings, and go a bit to why maybe they're out of the rankings as well. Just in case you're curious on what exactly didn't make it, just like the ones in the T's, we'll tell you that in the third segment. And we'll shout out some folks that showed us extra love inside of the Facebook and the Twitter this week. Oh, the most important thing about this is you need to be on the Facebook and Twitter to be a part of it. You can listen, that's great, and you can keep up and cheer us on. On, but we really want you to be a part of the conversation. All you have to do is follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation and Facebook under This is a Conversation. We're also on an Instagram that same place for Facebook, This is a Conversation, but you can't really vote on that. For those, we only post the daily top fives there. And of course, our main website, check out all the action at thisisaconversation.com. So as working towards brevity and keeping things on task and on point here, let's get into the top 10 story for this week. Top 10 stories with the number 10 story. How about that for grammar that doesn't make much sense? Here's the headline that was the original that we posted. And then we went into 
more deeper reflection of the story, which changed a lot of the headlines that actually went out there on the story. There's a big scandal right now on kids of rich people getting into college because rich people pay money for to get them into colleges. With that headline, we've got Dr. Dre boasts about daughter getting accepted to into USC without, quote, no jail time, unquote. We posted this from the Hill of our places. Sunday, March 24th was the day it was posted. And we're going to read a few lines of the actual story and then go into what was sort of the counter story that came out a little while later. Dr. Dre boasted about his daughter's acceptance into the University of Southern California while also appearing to take a jab at some high-profile celebrities for their alleged involvement in the recent college admission scandal. Quote, my daughter got accepted into the USC on all on her own, unquote, the music mogul wrote in Saturday's Instagram post. No jail time, he added. Dre, who's from Compton, has made multiple donations to schools in Southern California, including $10 million donations to Compton High School for Performing Arts Complex in 2017 and $70 million donations to USC to create a new arts, technology and business academy in 2013. The later gift came from both Dre and music producer turned entrepreneur Jimmy Iovine. So here's the thing. This all came about uh, from... Dr. Dre's daughter got into USC, which is great, which is awesome. Uh, then the news got a little deeper when they wrote about the the money that he's given to these schools. Exactly. And then people made the connection that Dr. Dre gave the school his daughter going to, USC, a donation four years back uh, of $70 million. And people thought, well, maybe that is a bit more of a, uh, a more a bit less of a coincidence than we thought. So Dr. A backed away from a lot of that talk, mostly focusing on the fact that she had no jail time and she was a great student, and backing away from the fact that he didn't have to do any work to get into college. And of course, this comes after the big scandal. Details are really crazy at this point about all the famous people, uh, rich people, and celebrities who paid exorbitant amount of money to get their kids into college. Specifically, this was looked like a jab to Lori Laughlin and her husband, who paid five hundred thousand dollars. That's a half a million dollars to get two children into USC who apparently don't actually even like going to class. Let's move on to the number nine story this week. And this is one that deals with actual serious business. And I'm glad it actually popped up here because sometimes we need to talk about more serious things and some of the more dull things. I'm more intrigued by some of the duller stories, to be honest, than some of the big ones. Here's the headline that we posted from Bloomberg on Saturday, March 23rd. U.S. Post's largest ever Monthly budget deficit in February. Uh, as we said, this was posted on Saturday the 23rd, and yet it's a bump of response from the 10 story. That means it was more responded to by people out there by just a slight bit, 0.64%. A few lines from the Bloomberg article. The U.S. posted its biggest monthly de- budget deficit on record last month amid a 20% drop in corporate tax revenue and a boost in spending so far this fiscal year. The budget gap widened to $234 billion in February, compared to a fiscal gap of $215.2 billion a year earlier. The gap surpassed the previous monthly record of $231.7 billion set seven years ago, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. February's shortfall helped push the deficit for the first five months of a government fiscal year to $545.2 billion, up almost 40% from the same period this previous year. Treasury Department said in its monthly budget report on Friday. The release was delayed a week by the government shutdown earlier this year. So that article, if you go to our website, thisisconversation.com, and click on the link for this week's podcast, you'll see 
all the links there to get into deeper in the stories. And this goes bigger and bigger into numbers. If you're a numbers guy, this is something that will be really interesting for you. If you're not, a quick look at it will tell you some real ideal, real details of what's going on economic-wise. Let's move on to number eight story this week. It's a, it gets a bumper response of 1.27% in reaction from the nine story. It was posted on Saturday, March 23rd, and this is the headline. Tesla's in-car browser will be upgraded to Chromium. Now, I'm not sure exactly how exciting that was, but as I said, it's in the eight spot this week, so somebody out there liked it. If it wasn't you, then you need to make sure you are paying attention next week as the stories come through and you respond to stories you like much, much better. So let's go through a few lines from Engadget where we picked up the details from the story. Tesla's in-car browser is pretty infamous for being wonky, so it didn't come as a surprise when someone told Elon Musk on Twitter that they wish it worked consistently. The CEO's response? Tesla is about to upgrade the in-car browser to Chromium, Google's open-source browser project. That doesn't mean the vehicles will be getting Chrome. The Chromium project merely generates code for Chrome and other browsers from companies and vendors outside of Google, including Opera. It's likely that the Chromium code will just power Tesla's upgraded browser. So a guy named Ken Crawford sent the tweet to Mr. Musk, and he said, just quickly, about to be upgraded to Chromium. That's it. Pretty simple. Like I said, these are simple, quick, and very somewhat important, semi-important, semi-boring, if you will, stories. But they tell a pulse of, they give a pulse of what's actually going on out there, and people are responding to it. If you want to respond to stories that are less of a snooze, then feel free to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Facebook, this is a conversation. And make sure we are set to be in your actual feed. Make sure we are primary. And then you can react to the stories as they come by. The headline for number seven is dealing with the guy that we thought we were done with for a while. And then the story changed, literally changed again. Let's get the headline. We got this from USA Today, the actual article. But the headline is... Jesse Smollett is nominated for an NAACP award and host Anthony Anderson hopes he wins. Thursday, March 28th, the day we posted this, 12.5% jump in response from the number eight story. Now, let's read a few lines from this and then talk about some other things that happened with Mr. Smollett. Just days after prosecutors dropped all charges against Jesse Smollett, who had been indicted on 16 counts of disorderly conduct, the Empire actor could again make headlines. Smollett is nominated for a 2019 NCAA Image Award, scheduled for Saturday. Six-time host and blackish star Anthony Anderson told Variety on Wednesday that he hopes to see the controversial actor there. I hope he wins, Anderson added. I'm happy for him that the system worked for him in his favor because the system isn't always fair, especially for people of color. So I'm glad it worked out for him. The article goes on deeper into the issues of Mr. Smollett, which... We'll briefly hit in a second. But what Anthony Anderson has, has said there is something that was actually said early on in the process of the following of the story. Jesse Smollett got a chance to actually fight what was his attackers, although they were proven to be fake, uh, because he had privilege. He's fairly known. He's greatly known in Chicago, fairly known around the nation for his acting roles. And he has a good chunk of money set aside. So when they dropped the charges on him, all 16, he was able to do some community service and walk away from the $10,000 bond that was put out there. The flip side of that is many people are saying people without privilege, and especially black people, unlike this black guy with privilege, don't have the same rights. Many people are stuck in jail because they are 
uh, charged with something or picked up for something, not even charged yet, but they can't afford the bail to get themselves out to go back to do whatever they're doing, and their lives are, are interrupted there. Many people get stuck in jail for the same things. So it's not a necessarily fair comparison. It's obviously not apples to the apples uh, because Jesse Smollett, while being a black person and the system working for him this time, he also has a bit of privilege, ginned up a lot of support on the front end of this. And then now many people on many sides are frustrated with whoever side you want to fall in fall line with, with either Jesse Smollett or with the people who prosecuted him. By the way, the city of Chicago is asking for Jesse Smollett to pay the cost of the of, of the investigation, which is somewhere around one hundred thirty thousand dollars. We'll see if he's got that money in his back pocket. Moving on to number six story this week, we pulled this off of Yahoo News. Uh, it is um, a very interesting story because it's something that probably could have happened to you, but everything comes shows you about karma and not really being on top of what's happening in your life. Monday, March 25th, the day we posted this story, a 13.89% jump in response. The headline is, man kept TV sent to him by mistake gets arrested. As we said, we posted, we pulled this from Yahoo News. This was a very popular story across the internet's the lifestyle section of Yahoo. Let's read some lines from it and talk about the virtues of having a little virtue. A man from Freetown, Massachusetts, was arrested on Monday night for keeping a 86-inch flat-screen TV that was mailed to his home by mistake according to Boston 25 News. Nick Memo, 35, told the outlet that what occurred at his home the night of his arrest. Quote, they surrounded the house and knocked on the door with flashlights coming through all windows. They told me to come outside and handcuff me. Memo said that he originally bought and paid for a 74-inch flat screen TV on Amazon, but when the 86-inch arrived, delivered by a third-party shipping company, he chose not to return the larger model. Police found it and the police found it mounted on his wall. Quote, I looked into all the laws and said, you know, it's a scratch ticket. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, he said. Adding that, quote, Amazon said I had nothing to worry about. I made no wrong decisions at this point. The shipping company, however, disagrees. They eventually made numerous calls to Memo before they finally went to police. Yeah. Sorry, Nick, but uh, this one's not flying, especially since... You were called by the shipping company saying, hey, dude, we ordered, sent the wrong thing to the wrong house. Now, I live in a, a smallish part of a neighborhood where the houses are really close together, and it's hard to see the numbers of the houses close together. So we get a lot of other people's Amazon stuff all the time. Uh, it's getting a little better now that we have an Amazon Prime, you know, those those Prime vans there kind of here in, in town keeping up with stuff. But we used to get a lot of people's different packages, and I, I was always spending at least – Every every second, every couple of weeks or so, I'm taking something back to someone's house. So it's pretty obvious when some things like this happen. Now, the fact that the shipping company gave them the wrong TV, he ordered a, bit, a smaller TV and got the bigger one, and Amazon said it was cool. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, Nick. There's a reason why this happened. You could easily sell, sell, save yourself some Internet infamy. And just dealt with the TV the right way instead of just mounting and assuming, ah, I guess it's a win for me. Let's move on to the number six story for this week. And that headline is a geostorm will give residents in North northern U.S. and Canada a rare chance to see Aurora Borealis. Saturday, March 23rd, a date we posted this, a bump in response of 1.95% from the number six story. A few lines from the article, the source that we pulled this from, uh, coming to us from Tech Times. 
A geostorm on Friday may give people in the northern United States and Canada a chance to witness the aurora borealis from where they are. On March 21st, the Oceanic or NOAA issued a geostorm warning uh, for March 22nd to March 24th as a result of a solar flare that erupted on last March 20th. The geostorm warnings for the said days are fo- the follow between there and there. What that means is the evenings of March 22nd up to early morning March 23rd, the solar flare will, be, will bend around the Earth's magnetic field and slam into the poles. As a result, the northern whites will be supercharged and cause it to go deeper. That means normal lights could be seen deeper into Canada and parts of the U.S. as opposed to just basically on the North Pole. Really cool science thing to pop in there. And well, we have a lot of science n- nerds, geeks, fans here with the podcast. So to read deeper into the actual story, which obviously happened days before we did this recording this on Friday the 20, 29th, go to the website thisistheconversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast and you'll see the links for all the stories we have in the podcast. We've not talked about the balls lately, and now we're going to talk about the head son, the big son, the oldest son, the only one that's playing any real ball, and you can call that what you can because he's dealing with real-time issues with real-time contracts and getting rid of, well, maybe not quite his dad. Here's the headline. Lonzo Lonzo Ball cuts ties with BBB co-founder Alan Foster over money allegations. We posted this on Monday, March 25th, a bump of response of 0.48% from the five story in the four. A few lines. Los Angeles Lakers guard Lonzo Ball has ended all business ties with big baller brand co-founder Alan Foster due to allegations that the longtime family friend took money from Ball, at least that specific Ball. Ball told ESPN on Friday he believed Foster, who owns 16.3% of big baller brand, Previously, previously, quote, used his assets to my business and personal finances to enrich himself. As a result, I've decided to sever all ties with Allen effective immediately. Foster couldn't account for about $1.5 million from Ball's personal and business banking accounts, according to ESPN. Harrison Gaines, who is Barr's current agent, Ball's current agent, wow, released a statement and said he will be taking a larger role in the Lakers' guard career due to allegations against Foster. This doesn't talk about the the head ball, uh, that being um, LeVar Ball, or anything going on there. But basically, Lonzo raised some issues uh, about his about Foster to his father, LeVar, in many, many times. And over some reviewing documents, they found there was something there. Whether whether Alan will Alan Foster will still be a part of Big Baller Brand for a longer time, or whether Lonzo Ball will come back to the brand, or whether um, LeVar Ball will just say something crazy. We've not yet to see at the moment. Number three story is a it's a hot one. It's a big one. It involves our boy, international supervillain, um, uh, Julian Assange, and it is the top Twitter story for the week. It gets a bump response of 16.67% overall from the four story posted on Saturday, March 23rd. The headline reads like this. Police surround Ecuadorian embassy in London amid rumors of Julian Assange's imminent arrest. A few lines from the Inquisitor. Police reportedly surrounded the Ecuadorian embassy in London amid rumors that WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is facing imminent arrest. The WikiLeaks founder has been holed up in the embassy since 2012, seeking asylum there to avoid extradition to Sweden on rape charges. 
but reports on Friday indicate that police could be prepared to arrest him. The official WikiLeaks Twitter account seemed to fuel much of the rumor with a tweet on Friday that there was increased police presence outside the embassy. Quote, a buildup of plainclothes off clothes earpiece wearing operatives around the Ecuadorian embassy in London in the last two days have been slight, slighted, cited, I can't read today, by Julian Sanchez's lawyers, the tweet noted. There are normally two to four plainclothes British operatives present. The reason for the increase has not been publicly known. Now, we don't have news of an imminent arrest, arrest at all of Julian Assange, but it looks like people are getting tired of Assange's his mess. We know the Ecuadorian um, embassy in Ecuador itself, while it has its own problem, aren't exactly all keen about what's going on with Mr. Assange. And there are so many people who are targeting getting him back, including the rape charges he actually faces and the charges that may come about from other things dealing with the WikiLeaks We'll see how this one plays out. Right now, it's apparently still a standoff where he's hiding inside that embassy and we may never see him again. We know what happens to some people that go to embassies. This one, apparently not the same sort of case. Moving on to the number two story, Russian Air Force planes land in Venezuela carrying troops. This gets a bump response of 15.51% from the two story and it is uh, po- it was posted on Sunday, March 24th. Here are a few lines from that story. The source we pulled was Reuters. Two Russian Air Force planes landed in Venezuela's main airport on Saturday carrying a Russian defense official and nearly 100 troops, according to media reports, and straightening ties with Caracas and Moscow. A flight tracking website showed that two planes left from Russian military airport bound for Caracas on Friday. Another flight tracking site showed that one plane left Caracas on Sunday. That comes to three months after two nations held military exercises in Venezuela on Venezuela's soil that President Nicolas Maduro called a sign of strengthening relations, but which was watching and criticized as Russian encroachment in the region. So I'm going to stop reading because apparently I'm not good at reading today, but let me read you into what's going on here. A few days ago, the Russians brought in more troops to Venezuela. Uh, there are people who have talked about what's going on down there. This issue, this, the, this, the nation is in dire straits where they have a president who's not abdicating his, his seat, even though he's been a, another person has been elected. So another person who is the quote unquote rightful leader of the, of the nation playing rogue and doing what he can to make things work out. In the meantime, the nation is undergoing serious issues with power loss and food shortages and water supply shortages and of course, the Russians are piling up with Venezuela, which the United States are sort of brushing back against. Trump sort of says he's brushing back against, but we also know various issues with Trump and his love, love for what's going on in Russia or whatever Russia is going on. We're not sure how this thing's going to pull out, but it's not a surprise that the Venezuelans would be cozying up more to their Russian counterparts. We'll see how big of an issue this comes out to be. And finally, the number one story of the week, and this one's going to take a, a little explaining, is, but let me let me start with the stats. This story is has a bumper response of 8.83% from the number two story. From the number 10 story this week, which was Dr. Dre saying his daughter didn't get into USC because, or got into USC by herself and no jail time, although he paid $7 million to the school. That's a bumper response of 96.1%, almost 100% from that one. And the bump from story 206, which we'll get to in the next segment, the almost irrelevant story, 3,322%. Posted on Monday, March the 25th, the headline is Rapper Turned Commentator Tech 9 Dies, Leaves Entire Culture Mourning. 
Let me read a bit from the source and then let's go a little deeper because it takes a little, this gets a little wonky. Battle rapper turned commentator and the culture's version of Stephen A. Smith, Tech 9, transitioned over the weekend, leaving the entire culture mourning. One of the architects of modern battle rap, Tech 9, whose real name is Akeem Mickens, started his professional battle rap career as in a fighting club in legendary leagues, Lion's Den, and Street Arena. However, it was the Ultimate Rap, bat, rap League, URL, which became a staple in culture, shifting the way people listen to rhymes by presenting humor, clever wordplay, and intensity in delivering, like only a Philly MC could spit. While as an MC he was memorable, he was it was his colorful commentary on the hit battle rap platform Champion, sponsored by Jay Black, that showcased his personality and made him the most visible in the culture. With his catchphrase, Microwave Stopper, no holds bar critic of battles and battlers, he was unmatched and beloved personally in the influence. It does him no justice to limit his rising star to just his platform in hip hop media. He could have honestly been a legend, legendary as a veteran of cultural critic and music enthusiast such as Harry Allen, Selwyn Hens of or Allen, Black Cat Gordon. As a professional, he felt almost responsible for the common comments he reported on, content he reported on. Maintaining an ability to challenge rappers from a space of familiarity and accountability. He also was very generous teaching online to others about the art form so he, which he loved. But let me back up just a bit. Because a few days later, uh, a man you know, going by Tech9, T-E-C-H-N, number 9-N-E, had to remind folks that he was still alive. He's the popular he's the popular rapper that people actually know about because he's made lots of money and tech nine T E C H numeral nine is the guy that died. So tech nine gave his condolences to the family and the friends of tech nine, but it remind folks that he was very much alive. So that was one that was a bit confusing, but no tech nine, that guy's not dead. The other tech nine is dead. We do offer up very sincere thoughts and prayers to the family and the friends but that was something that got a little weird a few days later because people had to remind them, oh, yeah, he's not the other guy. That is the top story for this week. That's the story you guys cared the most about. You cared about Tech 9, the commentator dying, but not as much about the story with Tech 9 coming out to speak. That was in there somewhere as well, but not top 10 material or top 15. There's your spoiler alert right there. So how did we come to this ending? How did we come to this point? As we said, we got the votes, you want to call them votes, call them responses from people on Twitter and Facebook. People to follow us on Facebook under This Is The Conversation and people to follow us on Twitter under TH underscore conversation. As the stories came in their feed all day long, they reacted to the stories appropriately. And the more reactions they got, the higher they came up in the listing. And this week, we all cared a lot about the loss of Rapper Tech 9, but not as much about the Rapper Tech 9 reminding us that he was still alive, which is sort of meta, but I guess that's the way it goes. So every week we do that, we come up with 10 stories and like actually a 208 this week. And that is the one that you told us was the top story. If you want to find out more information about any of our stories, as we said, go to the website, this is the conversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast. And they're all listed there, including 11 through 15 and the almost relevant story of the week coming up in just a moment. We will talk about that story, which is almost relevant because it's just the lowest scoring. We'll give you some details on that. And it looks like we'll have a very quick housekeeping set because I don't see any serious errors. We'll see if I can find a way to mess it up between now and then. 
on the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne. Coming to you from thisisaconversation.com. This is for the week ending March the 30th, 2019. Spring is here, and this actual weekend is the beginning of my busy season for my life in the radio business, taking care of the summer, spring and summer, of course, of sports. And so how do I manage to keep the happy wife happy for the five months that I must be chained to my desk at the radio station? Well, I have already sent to her our gift certificates from Cloud9 Living. Cloud9 Living is the place to get the best excursions, the best experiences, the best things in life that you didn't think you'd want to do. You can find them and some things that you find that you don't really want to do. Those things are there as well because, oddly enough, the coolest thing about Cloud9 Living is often we find an adventure that she wants to do somewhere near where myself can do something different. Uh, Two years ago, we set up a plan so that she can go to Dallas and she could drive race cars while my daughter and I went to museum because she wanted to drive fast cars and I didn't want to be around there. This year, we're going to plan something together. So it'll probably be something much more dangerous than I wanted to be, but it's already set because we bought the gift certificates from Cloud9 Living. Now, the values never expire, much like other gift certificates or, or unlike others, I should say, where you buy something and after six months, they start taking a dollar away until it's down to zero. This one will always keep its value and you can even put it down for a specific excursion and then change your mind wherever you want to. The value stays, the exchange rates are there, and Cloud9 Living is a place that has all the locations and all the great things you can think of. And a few things you probably could never think you'd want to do, a few things you may not actually want to do on that list, they'll have it there for you for experiences. Check out our website, thisistheconversation.com slash cloud9. That's cloud and numeral nine. This is a conversation.com slash cloud nine and get a great deal on gift certificates that you will buy now, give to whoever you want to or keep for yourself and have the values never go away. This is a great gift for you, for them, and we're glad that they're here to help you out. Now, you can stop by and visit any of our sponsors on their website. We love that, of course, but this week we're doing a special spotlight on this one, one that's a very good favorite of our family and I'm sure will be yours soon as well. Cloud nine living. A very quick rush through for the any housekeeping because we don't think there's any housekeeping to really be kept. No real problems this week. No oddities have popped up. It is the curiosity that we did post a story, and it was number one this week, about Rapper Tech 9 who died this week. And then a few days later, Rapper Tech 9, and a story we posted somewhere in the listing, uh, reminded us that Rapper Tech 9 died, not him, who is Rapper Tech 9. That gets real confusing and meta really quickly. But that one didn't come anywhere near in the top 25 or anywhere, so it didn't make a dent in what was going on. Plus, we had 208 different stories, so there was a lot of stuff going on. As you can see, or hear, I guess, there was a lot of issues, or not issues, a lot of numbers that were extremely tight in the differences. So we had a lot of things going on this week, and not a lot of separation, which is interesting. We believe we're putting the, the, the onus on spring break, if you will, 
Not that we have a lot of eighth graders actually keeping up with the conversation, but a lot of people in general just off their normal routine. We're expecting to see a bump in things coming up next week, numbers-wise, just in response. But the response was pretty great this week as well, but not a lot of separation from the top to the bottom. Although at the bottom, uh, there is obviously that 3,000% separation from the top this week. And let's talk about that. Story number 206 for this week, the headline for it reads like this. $1 $1 million prize offered for Israeli moon lander mission. And we posted this on Thursday, last night, as we record this on the 29th. Today it posted on the 28th of March. And so this one didn't get a lot of time to actually gen up much response. But based on how other things took off, this is where the latter part of things are, the one that was going to get away anyway. So let's read a little bit from the actual story. We'll give you the gist on what this is basically about. And we pulled this from Space.com, another big spacey thing. Though this one obviously didn't get the love the other one did. Let's get you the article, me a press release from Space.com. The stakes just got even higher for an Israeli moon lander historic touchdown attempt next month. If all goes according to plan on April 11th, the robotic lander, known as Beersheet, will become the first properly funded craft ever to pull off a soft lunar touchdown. Today, only the governments of the Soviet Union, United States, and China have landed missions on the moon. Success will also meet Bershear's builders, the nonprofit group Space IL, and the company Israeli Aerospace Industries, a cool $1 million courtesy of the XPRIZE Foundation. Yes, this really goes back down to the XPRIZE, a million dollars to put a landing in the moon uh, or to put things in the space, essentially. Uh, a group is paying money to get people back into the aerospace business. And we'll see if that prize will be claimed by the Israeli moon lander. A million dollar prize is up. If they can make this thing out work. Otherwise, back to the drawing board and back to more money for other people. Coming up next, we will give you your shout outs and then we will round out the top 15. Stories number 11 and 15, not quite in the top 10, obviously. And we'll tell you where they are, who they are, and maybe why they are. On the wrap-up show from ThisIsTheConversation.com, hosted by myself, I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the show for the week ending March the 30th, 2019. This space available. No, really, this space available. This space was created for promoting other podcasts and other projects, not specifically mine. And in the time that this space was created, I basically went through the bulk of my podcast at least twice. And to keep that down, keep the noise down there, I'm alerting people that listen to this one that this space is available to promote your podcast. So if you've got a promo for your podcast or at a live read, what me to do is literally less than 60 seconds. 15s are great. 30s are great. A minutes are okay, uh, we'll put it in here. I will help promote you guys out there because you're doing what you can to help me out. So we're, if you have a podcast that you own, own, you manage, manage, or you just love, just let me know about it. If you have an actual read for it and permission from the users, I'm all kind of crazy today. Uh, give me that information. Otherwise, send me your pre-produced promo, hopefully uh, 15 or 30, but we'll take a 60 in the spot. And we will promote it right here. I want to share love, especially if it is something that is news information focused. So let me do what I can to help you out. And that helps me out just in general. And if there's anything else I can do, email me and ask. So send your promo or send your email to the conversation inbox at gmail.com. 
we will take a look at it. We'll reach out to you, see if everything's cool, and hopefully you'll send me lots and lots of promos so I don't have to plug my own stuff all the time, although there's nothing wrong with that. This is the spot that is available for you. We can plug your podcast and your project. Just let us know, and we'll put it here. Looking at the pacing, it looks like we've worked on the brevity today and we'll have a shorter podcast. It'll be under 60 minutes by by quite a bit. We'll see exactly how many stumbles and bumbles I get through in the top, grinding out top 15. But that will be the real case, the real test to see how well this thing works. Right now, we're going to go to uh, what is one of my favorite parts and hopefully yours too. And if you hear yourself being shouted out, reach out to us. There might be something in for it. So, the shout-outs for this week, a couple of folks who've reached out to us and did extra stuff, liking, loving, sharing things on the Facebook first. Starting off with some good friends, Adele Carnes, back again. The MRD Podcast shared uh, a couple of uh, posts this week. Thank you so much for that. Jack Heinrich is in. David Snyder, Kwame Abdul Bay, uh, G.D. Coleman, and Michelle Donaway. Thank you so much for joining in for all the fun that is the conversation, at least on the Facebook side. There's also fun on the Twitter side as well. Your your mileage may vary based on your, how you like to use your social media. But here are some of the shout outs from folks that joined in on the fun in their way, liking and loving and replying to various things on the Twitter. A podcast about something popped in. Also, Team Chevy. A lot of Team Chevy. So maybe we'll think about buying a Chevy. Dallas Heyshay, Omega Stereo Radio Online, Karen Hemdow. Urban Beats Daily and Kyle Chen and Nigel Gordon Johnson, just a few folks who chimed in on the Twitters. Thank you so much for all that stuff. And we're we just appreciate you being who you are and listening and giving extra love because that helps out as well. Now, let's get on to wrap up and wrap this whole thing up. Wrapping up as you round up the top 15. So these are stories 11 through 15. We're not going to worry about uh, how far away from the top they are. We're just going to basically tell you where they are, when they're posted, give you a headline and a little bit of information about on it. Really quickly on Kate Beckinsale, the number 11 story, as in the tease. She deleted her Instagram account amid all the Pete Davidson romance weirdness. And weirdness is basically my word from this side. She apparently is into them. But because of the back and forth and weird stuff there, she deleted her Instagram account. Monday, March 25th, the date that that popped in. Make sure you stop by our website and look at this picture and read this full story. There's a mother-daughter pilot team. The video or the picture of them in the cockpit has gone viral. And, of course, that's overly used these days. But everybody in the world basically literally is jumping for joy for this picture. Friday, March 22nd is the day we actually posted this story. So go to the website and go to thisisaconversation.com and click on the link for this week's podcast and you can see it. Uh, the source is the Embry-Riddle Newsroom. So it comes through from Embry-Riddle University, their university news. And it's a picture of two ladies, mother and daughter, Wendy and Kelly Rexton, who are the pilot and first officer for a Delta Boeing 757 flight. Uh, and the story goes in deep detail about the two and how they got to be pilots and how they got to do all the things they're doing together. And you never really know how things things happen. And just basically a picture popped up on Twitter. And because the right people saw it and shared it, the right people, all of us get a chance to share in that story. The next story in the 13th spot posted on Wednesday, March the 27th is the headline, Australia absolutely considering jail time for tech execs who can't scrub hate off their platforms. And this is an interesting one, so you may want to check it out. It comes from Gizmodo, and you may think there's a little bit of a bias or, or maybe snarkiness in the actual reporting. 
But Australia's uh, officials, people in Australia, the cabinet members and just, just lawmakers in general, are looking at jail time for tech execs who can't get rid of hate speech and other things off their platforms. Essentially, Mark Zuckerberg having issues with all the flaming trolls. Someone could go to the United States in theory and, you know, do a Mission Impossible, put him in a suitcase, bring him to Australia and then put him on trial. The likelihood of that actually happening for someone that high might be a bit much, but there are ways in the works for lower level people who really should have a better handle on these things to actually do some real time for real problems. Or in theory, it's there. We'll see how that works out. The next story puts a little bit of a damper on what many people call God's restaurant. And that's partially the problem because it's it's it gets deep into those issues. The headline for the story is Chick-fil-A banned from operating at San Antonio Airport Council's site site uh, council members cite LGBTQ issues. We posted this on Saturday, March 23rd. I'm going to read a little bit from this one because it gets a little bit deeper. It's not as simple as we just don't like Chick-fil-A. We got it from USA Today on that day, but it's a little deeper than that. Chick-fil-A has been banned from opening up a new location in the San Antonio International Airport. On Thursday, San Antonio City Council approved a seven-year concessions agreement for new restaurants and businesses in Terminal A of the Texas airport with Paradise La Grande, a travel retailer and restaurateur that works with more than 100 airports. Chick-fil-A was initially in the plans, but council members amended the plan to exclude a chicken restaurant with some citing concerns on its record on LGBTQ issues. The amendment was approved by a 6-4 to four vote. Councilman Robert Terino, Tervino, sorry, said in a statement and after the vote with the decision, the council's, quote, reaffirmed the work our city has done to become a champion of equality and inclusion. More on behalf of him. San Antonio is a city full of compassion, and we do not have room in our public facilities for a business with a legacy of anti-LGBTQ behavior. Everyone has a place here, and everyone should feel welcome when they walk through our airport. That says the council. Now, as you can see, it was not unanimous, and there are probably many people who would probably love having some Chick-fil-A in their actual airport, even if they're not open on Sundays. But it's a big issue, both are big issues. One, the rankings and the uh, the magic of Chick-fil-A, for lack of a better word, uh, how they are making such inroads in the restaurant world. And two, the, be- the, the flip side, there are some issues from their staunch conservative and very staunch Christian values, Overt, I'll say overtly, that are kind of wrapped into their fabric that do come into issues with some of the things of the world. If you agree or disagree or just want to just argue about it in general, uh, make sure you email us at the conversation inbox at, j- at uh, gmail.com. Sorry about that. Or just comment on the link. Click the link. Uh, uh, comment inside of the link for this week's podcast and we can talk there. And finally, this story I have, must read a little bit because it was completely bonkers when I saw it, but we put, saw it, put it up there, and it did gain enough fame, notoriety, attention to stay on the list, but not quite high enough to really rank as something that needs to be discussed as top 10 story. The headline for this one, Montreal Priest Stabbed During Mass at St. Joseph's Oratory. This one happened up in Canada. We got this from the, Mont- the uh, Montreal City News website, and here are a few lines from this one. Catholic priest was stabbed in front of dozens of stunned worshipers as he was celebrating Mass Friday, worshiping at Montreal's St. Joseph's Oratory. Montreal police said a 911 call was placed around 8.40 a.m. When officers arrived at the landmark church, a male suspect was already detained by security guards. 
Philip Barrett, who was sitting near the front of the church, said he saw a tall man who appeared to be a Caucasian in his 30s rise from a pew and quickly walk into the sanctuary to attack Reverend Claude Drew, the oratory's rector. Story goes deeper into that one, so if you want to know more details, this link is there as well for all the sto- all the stories that we talked about today, including number 206, although it will be li- listed as number 16 because of the unmagic of the Internet. Uh, it's all listed here on our website, so check them out for all the stories that we have this week. Actually, I think it's just going to be a blip, so I'm not sure how that works out. But I do know we've worked out a full show. We're done. I'm out of stories to talk about, so this is the part where I ramble on and on to get us off the air and maybe drag us on to a full hour that, that it doesn't need to be. But the very important parts about what we just did was we did it because of you, all because of you. You chimed in all week long as we posted links all day long on Facebook and Twitter. And what you did was you reacted to the stories. You integrated, you interacted with them, you liked them, you loved them, you shared them, you replied to them, you replied to me. And the more engagement each story got the higher it went on the charts so you heard the top ones at the top you heard the bottom one in the middle and some that didn't quite make the top just now so you can be a part of the deal it's very simple follow us on facebook at this is a conversation follow us on twitter at th underscore conversation make sure that we're on facebook you have us as we are at the fault into your feed so that we can see stuff facebook's doing a lot of changing a lot of things and so we want to make sure that we are seen as friendly so we get seen just like your friends because we are friends. I stole that from another podcaster. So there we go. In the meantime, while waiting for next week, you can do some stuff to help us out. You can like, love, and share the podcast. Like, love, and share the actual feed so more people see those things. And just make sure that many people see this. We want you to make sure that you share and talk about the podcast with friends, with family, with total strangers, with enemies uh, who we definitely hate. Next time you're in someone's secret lair and you're tied up on, but be poured over by molten lava, make sure you bring up the podcast because they will appreciate it and they may free you and become your next best friend or they may dump you in the boring lava anyway, but they will definitely enjoy the new podcast. Since we're losing you, we're glad to have them. You can contact the show by emailing us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. Check out the website. The main website, of course, is thisistheconversation.com. And, of course, email me at jclivenpain at gmail.net. More of this stuff next week. We hope we have enough gas to uh, make it quite a ways. It's just can we actually get it in the car? That made no sense. But what makes much more sense is getting you to discuss the stories that you want to talk about, not just what's stuck on the chirons of the headline news and the national news all day. So you interact with the stories, you make them count, and we count them down at the end of the week, every single week, to let you know how they go. Thank you so much once again for being a great listener. And come back next week. We'll have 10 more great stories as per you. You determine them. On the wrap-up show with Jay Cleveland Payne from thisisaconversation.com. 